Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Lechlecha. Tavshin Ein Zayin. It is this Parsha, Parshas Lechlecha, when we started it all nine years ago, Parshas Lechlecha. And now, uh, Baruch Hashem, we have the ninth installment of Parshas Lechlecha. And, of course, Parshas Lechlecha is the beginning of Avraham's uh, journey, his relationship, his being the first Av. Again, some of it happened without our knowing. It's not recorded in the Torah, as Hashem will talk about a little later. But, uh, obviously, this is a parsha that Eretz Yisrael plays a major focus. The first command that Avraham gets is, Lech lecha me'artzacha, umimoladcha me'besavicha, el-aretha Hashem says to Avraham, go, go to Eretz Yisrael. So the first two thoughts tonight, uh, let's focus on Eretz Yisrael. And the first is from Rav Saratskin in the Zion Torah. Hashem's promise. Hashem, along with the command of Lech Lecha, He promises Hashem something. And says Rav Sarutskin, we have to do our best to try to think about this because He's really talking to every Jew. As we know, as the Ramban talks about at length in a number of places in Sefer Bracious, and this, says Rav Sarutskin, is also related to that. Let's read. What is Avram's promise? Hashem's promise to Avraham. Leave each one of these um, elements. Each one of these is a challenge to uh, Avraham. Where, where his land, family, each one has to be focused on. To the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. Says Azayin LaTorah, Hashem is talking to each and every Jew, contemplating Aliyah. Lech lecha Hashem says to Avraham as the first Jew, but talking to every Jew, remember, I have you covered. Says Azayin LaTorah, Simin Labanim, Shahamistapek, and he says it. First of all, one has to realize what one is giving to his or her nation as one moves to Eretz Yisrael in any generation. Sorry. doing great work here. You're breaking idols. You're spreading monotheism. But you got to go. Lech lecha me'artzacha, and only then ve'ezcha l'gai gadol. It's the pshuto shel apasik. Only there I will make you a great nation. Avram is doing great work where he is. Ve'ezcha l'gai gadol after lech lecha. Lo gadol b'kamut shaharei artzos aivenu ochelas banu v'lo gadol be'echut shaharei ain shchina shora be'bechutz la'aretz. Says the Yazayim la'Torah. Quantity, quality. Says the ultimate place that Am Yisrael can thrive and do more than survive is in Eretz Yisrael. Number one, the nation of Israel, that's totally independent on Eretz Yisrael. But then he says, even for his own benefit, his personal benefit, it's good to go. I will bless you, as Rashi quotes the Mammon, financially. You know, it might look on the surface, and we might real think that it's the, a financial sacrifice. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises, V'avarechecha b'mamon, Sh'arei kaspeinu she'bechutz la'aretz eno shalanu, Zarem ochlem osanu, Yorotzchim yarshim, Kasher asu, L'sheshit milyoni ha-Yehudim b'Yeropa she'mikom tamal, right, that's when he lived, through and after. So we have to realize, V'avarechecha, 
Go to Eretz Yisrael for personal blessing. And I will make your name great. Why? Because if one is associated with Eretz Yisrael, one is then associated with a nation. And when one, when one does something and accomplishes something, says Rav Sarotskin, then everybody gets the honor. Rahman al-Islam can get the blame too. But says Rav Sarotskin, what does it mean? He says, if there's a new inventor, an inventor in Australia, a new Australian inventor, if there's an inventor any other place in the world, but if there's an inventor in Eretz Yisrael, it's an Israeli invention. And that says something about the entire nation. Hashem Shalcha HaYehudi. Says Rev Zeratskin, there's a promise here. Obviously, we have to uh, all personally look within ourselves in every generation. The Ramban thought about it. Rev Zeratskin and all others who lived here and who came here throughout the ages. This is something that we have to weigh. This is something that every single Jew has to contemplate and see it can work for them. But Rev Zeratskin says on a certain level, there is a special promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We might not see the promise. We might see the promise. Whatever our outlook is, but the Torah says it. So it is an ultimate truth. Okay. Moving right along, related, is a thought that Rapinkus has that could relate to weddings as well. It can relate, obviously, to this parsha. Each Av, we've pointed this out in the past, was promised there at Israel. Every single Av, separately, uniquely, Hashem says, I'm going to give you Eretz Yisrael. Right here is the first one. Hashem says, If we continue a little later in Parak Yud Gimel. Parak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Tezvav. After Avram Avinu comes to Eretz Yisrael, Hashem says to Avraham, After Lot left, says Hashem to Avraham, Take a look. Open your eyes, Abraham. Take a look at this land around you. What did Abraham see at that point? He did not see yeshivos and shuls. And he did not see spiritual centers. He did not see buildings. He didn't see anything except the land itself. Hashem says, take a look and put on your spiritual glasses. Look north, south, east, west. I am giving it to you forever. As we've spoken about two weeks ago in Parshas Bereshis, it doesn't matter what any other nation says. The land of Israel belongs to Israel. Eretz Yisrael Shalanu. And it goes back to right here. The first Av that was promised Eretz Yisrael. The whole land I will give. And there I will make your seed great. And you know what? Take a look. You know, get used to it. Go around it. The Gemara learns out a certain halachas of Kenyanim from this Pasuk. Kilacha et nena. Says your Pincus, isn't it interesting that the promise that Hashem gives to each of the Avos, here is Avraham, and he gives it separately to Yitzchak and Yaakov later in Sefer Bracious, the only thing that he promises to each of the Avos is Eretz Yisrael. That's it. 
Um, your, this land will stay with your children and descendants forever. They might go out for a certain amount of time, but it'll always be theirs. They'll always be connected. He doesn't even mention Torah. He doesn't even promise the Torah is going to stay with your children. That's not what he says. He doesn't say Torah. He doesn't say mitzvahs. He specifically says Eretz Yisrael. So why is that? The passage by Avram is here. He quotes. After Brisbane Abbasarim also, as we have later in the Parsha. Everything is Eretz Yisrael and Moshe. If you think about it, every great biblical figure, one of the first things that he is told and promised is Eretz Yisrael. Avram is of Yaakov, Moshe, he also quotes here. Here's the kasha, says the Repinkus. Two thousand years, the Jewish people, now Baruch Hashem, we've come back, but there are still millions of Jews outside. We've been disconnected. If we think about it, we know a Jew cannot live without Torah. A Jew can live without Eretz Yisrael. But a Jew can't live without Torah. For 2,000 years, we have been in Gaulus. And for many of those years, there were no Jews. Okay, a few here and there. But there wasn't really a presence in Eretz Yisrael. So we can't live. Torah is our, is our oxygen. Torah is our life. We can't live without Torah. A Jew can live without Eretz Yisrael. So why is that the promise and not Torah and not mitzvos? Our direct kesher. Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah. It's a major mitzvah. But Torah defines everything about us. And he adds, Eretz Yisrael without Torah is really, it's, it's somewhat unique. He says, I don't know if everyone would agree to that formulation. But either way, there's so much missing. Torah is what defines a Jew first and foremost. Torah and mitzvahs. So why does the promise to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov take the form of Eretz Yisrael and not Torah. Wouldn't be that to be the first step. As important as Eretz Yisrael is. Says Repinkas, I'll give you a mashal. Give you a mashal. Ki adua. Habracha miyuchedes l'chassan v'kala hishiyizku l'vnoz bayiz namar b'yisrael. As we know, the ultimate bracha that we all give a chassan and kala and every shepherd bracha ends with it should be zochah to build a bayiz namar. To build a true house in Israel. V'yishlohavin. Why do we say a house? A bias name of it. Their house should be filled. Why do we focus on the bias? And if they live in a hotel their whole lives? Right? Why a bias? Many different generations. Nimsa. The house is not something, you know, you need a, a unique personal house. The, some of the greats in the generations didn't have enough money to have their own house. They lived with the in-laws, they lived for, for, for years. So what do you mean to build a, a biased namon? What's the bracha? Says Rapinkus. Ella. Yes, there are ultimate goals of a marriage. 
raising children, Gidu Yalabim, Maisa Chasadim, Imkain, Vadai, Shaloa Bayis Mahaves, Tochamumahutam. It's not the house. It's what's inside the house. But still the house with everything inside, that defines everything. You should be Zoha to do Torah, should Zoha to do mitzvahs, Zoha to do Chesed. But it should be a house full of Torah and mitzvahs and chesed. Because that's the defined, that, that's what the glue that holds it all together. That's the, the context, the context to put all of the content into it. The personal touch with all of these things inside. You have walls, you have a roof, and everything inside, that is, that is what, that is what defines, uh, the family afterwards. And that's what he says on line 28. What defines us, obviously, what's the context for all the content? Eretz Yisrael. That's the context. That's how a Jew has to view the context that we need to be in. Obviously, it's Torah and mitzvos, but it's Torah and mitzvos in the borders. That's the ultimate plan. And that's what, where it started off. And that's what we yearn for every day. We daven so often, kibbutz goyos, why? I'm a Jew, I'm fine here. No. We're missing the context. We're missing our house. Eretz Yisrael is the house, and that's the promise that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives to each of the avos. Aval ha'avira ha'sviva shemagdiras also kesher mufla tzmuna achvarak be'eretz Yisrael bechlau ubeis hamigdash beprat. That's the promise. Hashem says, "I promise you the context. I promise your children the definition and the outer framework for everything that will happen in Jewish history." Okay, moving right along. Something very sharp and insightful from the Al Sheikh Hakadosh. Also, points out we have now going back to when Abraham and Lot parted ways. The Gamal Lot Halecha as Abraham. I'm reading at Shlishi Yud Beisay. Lot was traveling with Abraham Hayatzon Uvakar Ohalim. A lot of cattle, sheep and cattle. Below Nosah Osama Aris Lashavet Yachtov. There was not room in the desert for the two of them. More than enough room. They couldn't stay together. An argument broke out. Between the shepherds of Avram and the shepherds of Lot, there was an argument. There was a riv. Okay, without getting into that last phrase, uh, which is discussed by, by the Rishonim. But there was a riv. What exactly was that riv? Rashi explains what the riv was. Right, Lot's shepherds were, didn't care about stealing. They were stealing in other people's fields. And the shepherds of Avram were rebuking them. This is one of the shepherds mitzvahs. Right, no excuses for this one. It's ours, it's not stealing. Okay, that's the riff. But let's continue to the next Pasuk. Avram says to Lot, let's, let's stop this argument. It's not good to fight. Uh, let's not argue. We're brothers. 
Let's split. Good fences make good neighbors. You go one way, I'll go the other way. We can handle this and we won't fight. Ask the Alsha. Simple question. Why did the word for fight change from Pasuk Zion to Pasuk Ches? First, Pasuk Zion, Vayihi Riv. There was a Riv, there was an argument. Then Avram says, Al Natihi Meriva, Let's not have a Meriva. What's the difference between a Riv? Same Shorish. But if the Torah uses a different word, there's obviously a message for us. What's the difference between Riv and Meriva? Maybe we read these Sukkim many times in our life and we never caught or thought to think about the difference between a Riv and a Meriva. And says the Alsha, quoted here in the Sefer Lisani Gusanugim, such a, such, a, such a thought that is so true that we all know and we all have to work on it. Says the Alsha, third line. Whenever there's an argument, whenever we get into an argument, whether it be with a family member or with a friend or with a neighbor or with a co-worker, there's, there's a starting point. There's a reason. It's probably not a good reason, but there's a reason. But once the argument starts, it, it, it blows up. The reason is one thing, but then we'll like throw in like things that happened like two years ago. Oh, yeah, and you know that we'll just pile it on. Nothing to do. It starts off with a little thing. But once you're arguing, then more and more, and it, and it, it just, it blossoms in a negative way. That's what, that's what Machlokas does. Originally, every, each side has a reason for the argument. But then all of a sudden, they're arguing about everything. You know, Rahman al-Afan, a spousal argument, an argument between a, pa- a parent and a child, an argument between neighbors. There's one little thing that starts off, but then once that, it's like, there's a concept of Gilgal Shua in Halacha. You swear on one thing, so, like you swear on something else. Gilgal Machlokas. You know, you're arguing about one thing, let's throw in the other four things that have been bothering me. If it was bothering you, it would have started. It obviously wasn't bothering you so much, but once we're arguing, Al-Kain. Bitchila, that's why originally it's called Riv. Who al Mataramas Suyem and Nikar Riv Lashin Zachar. Amnam. Kishinigrar Hariv Litzvarim no Safim. Shalolitzarach, it's expanded. It has multiplied. Lashinikeva is used to symbolize the giving birth, the multiplying in the Machlokas. Nikres Meriva Balashin Nikeva. And that's what Avraham says. Okay, there was a riv because they were stealing. Okay, we had to stand up for that. But it shouldn't, shouldn't become. Let's. Let's stop. Let's stop this right now. That is what happens in any argument that we get into. Most of our arguments are not L'Shem Shemayim. We're not like uh, Hillel and Shammai. 
right? We're, we're somewhere probably in between. Hill and Shammai and Korach Vadaso. Somewhere in between that are most machlokas. Hopefully closer to one side than the other. But, says that one, says the Alshuch. Bitchila hirak al davar katan ma'od. Akasher ein mashtikim as amriva machlokas. He goveres voleches. It gets higher and greater and stronger. Ad sherabim atstavim al dvarim shlohayukshirim klal lemeriva harishona shaytebeneim. And they start arguing about things that had no connection. Kadilimana. That's so why we have to even start, stop at the beginning. Stop at the riv, and then we will be able to stop the meriva. And then he just quotes at the bottom, it's not just a sur meirah. As we know, we learned from Avram Aaron Akohen. Rodev Shalom. Baki Shalom Veratfehu, David Amalek tells us. We can't just not fight. We have to try to look for ways to bring Achtus, to come together. The Oev Shalom and the Rodev Shalom. She'en Dailios Oev Shalom. You have to be the Rodev Shalom. Shalom Chiyuvi. That's the only way to stop Meriva and even Riv, which is the beginning of what starts it all. So again, a very sharp thought, but it's so true, and we have to do our best, that even if we find ourselves in a Riv, let it not get to Meriva. Let it not get to that next, the next step. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along, Yudalid, Yudalid. Again, the story of Avram Avinu. We continue now with the story of the four kings and the five kings. And Lot, Avram has to go save Lot. What happens? The six kings come. Vayichu, Perek Yudalid, Pasek Yudbeis. Vayichu is Lot, Bez Rechusho, Ben Achi Avram. They take Lot, his Rechush. Just parenthetically, I think we mentioned it in the past. Almost every time Lot is mentioned, his rechush is mentioned in the same pasuk. That defined who he was. Lot and his rechush, his rechush, his assets, wherever he went, whatever he was doing, rechush is with him. Ben Achi Avram, They took Lot and he was captured. The palit comes. Maybe that's Og. And he's sitting in Elonei Mamre. Avram hears without any hesitation. I have a job to do. 318, literally or figuratively. And he captured and he ran after them. He goes to fight Lot. There is a discussion in the Rishonim. What exactly were the ten tests of Avraham? The Asar and Yonos. Everybody agrees there were ten tests. The Mishnah Pirkei Avos tells us. What were those ten tests? If we look in Mepharshim on Pirkei Avos, it's discussed. Some of the events in Avraham's life, everyone agrees were a test. Akedat Yitzchak, that's, everybody agrees that one. Lech Lecha, that's a biggie. Or Kazdin, thrown in the furnace. Okay, all of those are agreed upon. The famine. But then, once we get to like number seven, number eight, then... Then, then the Rishonim try to figure out which, what's called a test and what's not called a test. One of the items that are, that's called a test, according to some, is this event. When he had to go save Lot. That was called one of the Nisyonos of Avram Avinu. And the question is, why is that a test? It's, it was Lot's fault, right, to go. He got himself in trouble. Right, and he's a relative, he's going... One of the, the other tests were like, brought upon by God. Right, Hashem told him, go. Hashem told him, sacrifice your son. Hashem made a famine. Is he going to lose Emuna? Right, is he going to reject everything? I told him I'm going to make him great, and it's hard. Right, getting back to the Aliyavart. I told him to go, I made the promises, and it's a little difficult. There's a famine, he has to leave for a while. Is he going to lose faith? 
But what makes this a test? Right? This is it not like the other Nisyonos? Right? If you just look in the Be'er Yosef for a minute, in source number four, on the left side, we'll do this question first. On line 10. What test was this? Other people did the other test. Kamo, Kipshana Eish. Right? A, a Nimrod threw him into the fiery furnace. Lakicha Sara Laparo. Sarah was taken. Right? Your wife was taken. All of those we understand were tests. Somebody else brought them on. God. Lot needed help. Avram chose to go and save Lot. Why is that a test? He chose to put himself into the danger. Why is that called an Isayon? Isn't an Isayon a situation that God creates? And let's see how you react. Here, Avram decided himself to go. Question one of the Bear Yosef. Question two. And this is a question that many Mepharshim ask. Well, maybe this is already the beginning of the answer. So why'd he go? He told Lot, separate. He had enough of Lot. They had to separate as we just saw the Pesukim earlier. Right? They can't get along. So he, out of the whole world, the whole Mesopotamia, the whole area, the Fertile Crescent, he chooses stone. Out of all the places he could have gone. And he got into trouble. So why can Avram say, I, I, I told him, I warned him, and this is what happens. So ask the Ber Yosef, why is it that Avram went? Now back to the beginning. Avram risked his life. It was taken a big, a big risk. These strong kings. How many of us would have gone? Even if he's a relative, they got themselves into trouble. Well, fighting against the greatest military powers of the time? A bunch of soldiers? Avram tried to do Kiriv. There was no choice. The Dafki chose the place that was Ra'im the Chatoim. He picked that place. So why did Avram do this? Line 14. Did an unbelievable nace. Right? What does Rashi, it's a Gemara Chulin quote there. Avram Va'efer, I was, I, I could have, I would have been dust and ashes. Ashes in Orkazdim and dust by the Malachim. So number one, why was it a test? He did it himself. And number two, well, why did he do it anyway? Why did he put himself into that situation? So he did a number of years ago, probably in the first year. I don't remember exactly which year, nine years ago. Probably the Rabbi Yaakov, the Amos Yaakov. It's well known on this parsha. One word, Rabbi Yaakov says, Menschlichkeit. It was the right thing to do. You know, halachically, the, the lowest was, okay, he made a bad decision. You know what? It was the right thing to do. So establish Rabbi Yaakov. Feel free to re- review that Emerson Yaakov. But the Bear Yosef has a different thought, similar, but a different focus. And that's what makes it an Isayon. Because Hashem was waiting to see what Abraham would do. Hashem, what was our question? How is this an Isayon? He created it himself. He didn't. Hashem created the situation. How would Abraham react? Because there wasn't just load on the lines here. 
there was a sanctification of God's name on the line. Why? Let's read. The Efshar, line 20. Avram had promised Lot. You go, and don't worry. I'll take care. What does Rashi say? If you go, I won't go so far. I'll be there for your protection and to help. And he needed it. And people probably knew about that. Because this was a major event. Avram was, prob- was a famous person. He was the monotheist. And it was probably pretty disappointing that his own nephew left and went to this wicked place. So it was probably a very well-known uh, current event that happened at that time. Avram can't eat thousands of people. But his own nephew, he can't. Can't keep him. But they probably knew that, you know, it's an uncle and he's probably, uh, he's going to take care of him. So everybody knows now that Lot was captured. Will Abraham stand up for his own family? This is not just an Abraham. This is Abraham as a representative of God. This is Abraham as the monotheist. Is he going to do even maybe what he could defend and rationalize that he doesn't? But this isn't just him. This is him as God's Nitzig. The Kiva top left. This was a chance to be Makadi Shem Shemayim. Because maybe other people wouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. Potential Chil Hashem that's going to take place here. I'm not taking that chance. So that's why he went. Not for himself and not for Lot. But for our Baruch Hu. And that's why it was in Isayon. Because it was set up to see, will Abraham stand up for me, capital M? Not for him and not for Lot. Ulam Ludvarenu, now in the last paragraph. Hayan Isayon Bazel and Asoso. Im Yasim Nafsho Bachapo. Vikanis Lamachama. Right? Would he go into war? Kadilakayim Aftachaso. Vilamod Bidiburo. Would he go in? Vishlo Yischal Shem Shamayim Al Yedezeh. Sometimes we think that what we're doing is only for ourselves. But the Ber Yosef tells us, and Avraham teaches us, that so often it's so much more. Right? All of us that are identified as, A, the people of the book, the people of God, especially as Orthodox Jews following God, everything we do is not just a personal event. Everything we do is exactly what the Ber Yosef says about Avram Avinu. We are bearing the flag of Am Yisrael. We are wearing the badge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore we have to recognize the potential we have. Rahman al in the negative, but more so in the positive of Kiddush Hashem. We have to wear it. We have to wear it properly in all areas. Right? We mentioned uh, a number of times in the past, the Me'iri. Me'iri is an unbelievable comment at the beginning of Shas where he discusses the Aseris Hadibros. And he meant, notes that even though in the Torah there are ten, but the Midrashim say five and five. The Torah doesn't split them into five and five. We split them into five and five. The Midrashim, the Torah Shabbat class, splits them into five and five. There are a lot more words in the first five than the last five. But that's what we do. Which means that the first five 
was the first five, the, that side of the Luchos, if it was five and five, that had, that was much lighter. Why? Because the words, as we know, the Luchos were engraved through and through. It was missing space. So it was missing more stone on the right side than on the left side. But in any case, says the Me'iri, and it's like Dhamma Tashas, that there's a parallel between each of the Dibros on each line. One and six, two and seven, three and eight, four and nine, five and ten. And a number of them, says the Me'iri, four out of five, I could, I could, I could, Three out of five, I could explain without too much sweat. The other two need a little work. Anoch Yeshem Alokecha and Lo Sirtzach says the Me'iri, believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Lo Sirtzach, you reject the Salam Alokim of, any, of, of a fellow man. That's, that's an opposite, that's an antithetical. Murder and belief in God. You can't go together. The next two, it's explicit. Lo Avodazara and Lo Sinaf. And adultery throughout Tanakh, when we stray away from Hashem to other gods, is compared to his nus. We're married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we go away, that's what it's compared to. That's two and not two and six. Then we have, we'll skip three and seven, right? Three and eight. And four and nine is Shabbos and Eidu Sheker. That's pretty explicit. Shabbos is Eidus HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. That's number four. And nine, Eidus Sheker. And five and ten, Losachmo Kibar Avaim. Kibar Avaim, I recognize that I'm not in the middle of the, middle of my, my life. I need others. I recognize the place of others. And that's also potentially Losachmo. But what about three and seven? What about Losisa swearing falsely and Losigno stealing? What's the connection between those two? So you might say, says the Me'iri, well, if you steal, you're going to have to swear to cover it up. Okay, but I'd rather not say that shot, because that's a leads to be. That's not an identification between the two. So says the Me'iri, a thought that relates to what we're talking about. Says the Me'iri, so often we have to realize that we wear the badge of an Oved Hashem. We wear Talas and Tfilin, and this is his, these are his words 700 years ago. We wear talis and tefillin, and if chas we go and steal, then there we, we are holding and using God's name in vain. Lo sisa shem his lashon, when we wear talis and tefillin, and then go umerame v'gonev asabrios. That's the connection between the two. Because lo sisa is not just swearing falsely, but where lo sisa shem Hashem lashav, don't carry Laseit is to carry. Don't carry the badge of mitzvos and chesed and avdei Hashem in vain. And that's what happens if we do some mitzvos and not others and we bring Phil Hashem to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rachman al-Lizban. So that's what we learn from the Bar Yosef. Everything we do has a personal element, but also a much larger element that relates to the divine. Okay. Moving right along. Let's continue now to Perak Tezvav. Perak Tezvav, we now have the Bris Bein Habasarim. Bris Bein Habasarim. Pasik Aleph. Perak Tezvav, Pasik Aleph. Achar Advaram Ha'ela. Hayadvar Hashem El Avraham B'Machazel Emor. Hashem says to Avraham, in a Machazel. There are ten, the Medrash says, there are ten levels of visions that a Navi can have. We discussed this in the first year in Sefer Yeshayahu. Chazon Yeshayahu ben Amotz. So Chazon, Machazeh, right, all different words that the different Sukkim use to describe different levels of visions. So there was a Machazeh. Hashem says, Al Tira Avram. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Anochi Magenlach. I will protect you. Secharcha Harbe Ma'od. You have great reward. Vayomer Avram. Avram's still 
not convinced. Hashem alokiyem atitimli. Vane holy chariri. What are you going to give me? I don't have kids. Ani holy chariri. Uben meshek basi. The meshek Eliezer. All I have is Eliezer. Vayomer Abraham. Why did they say Vayomer Abraham again? Not for now, but the Rishonim discuss. Hein li lo nasat azara. Vini ben basi yereshosi. He takes him out, shows him the stars, and then he takes the, he splits the animals in half. Review, please, a couple of years ago, the great thought of the Sefer HaIkarim. On the last page of the Sefer HaIkarim, he talks about the message of splitting an animal in half and walking in between it. What, what's the message? Between the pieces. Seems very strange to us. Cutting an animal in half and walking inside. But the Sefer HaIkarim, if you remember from a number of years ago, talks about that symbolizes achtos and a connection eternally. But in any case, we're going to talk about the first passage today. Hashem says, in the beginning of this conversation, don't be scared. Al-Tira Avraham. What, what would he be nervous about? And Avraham says, that no. Right, but I don't have, any, I'm not, I don't have anything to, to, to anybody to give it to. Let's see the words of the Nesif. Says the Nesif in Surah number 5. Vahanira. If you look at the words, Avram was obviously scared and nervous that he used up his good deeds already. Because Hashem has to answer him, don't worry, you have a lot of schar. He's obviously calming Avram down. Avram thought he lost his schar. Why did he think he lost his schar? Because of all of the protection Hashem has already given him. Hashem has saved him from the four kings and the five kings. Hashem has saved him from the Kibshan Aish. So he thought, I've used it up. I've checked it in. I've, I've cashed in. And what do I have left? Hashem is saying, don't worry about it. He did it. Schar chahar ma'od. Says the Hamikdavar, says the Nitzif. Well, well, why is that true? Avram has gotten a lot already. He's gotten a lot of Nisim done for him. Let's focus on the one right beforehand. The four kings and the five kings. Why is it that Avram did not lose? He didn't have to take a cut. Kamosh Amar Yaakov. What did Yaakov say at the beginning of Ayishlach? Katoti mikola chasadim. I've, I've lost, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve all of these things that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has given me. I don't understand. Says the Nitziv. Hashem says to Avram here, "Don't worry, you didn't lose anything." So why didn't Yaakov learn from this? Yaakov says, "Oh, I think I lost everything." Hashem already told you, you don't lose. What's the difference between Yaakov and Avraham? Yaakov was saved from Lo- from Lavan and the whole uh, all the years that he was with him and not influenced by him. That's the Nesiv's Kasha. What was the difference between Yaakov and Abraham? Abraham was nervous that he lost because he had to cash in for the Nisim. Hashem says, don't worry about it. You didn't have to cash in. So Yaakov then is nervous. Why was Yaakov nervous once Hashem said this? Says the Nesiv, Apshat, and then we have an insight into how to read the Psukim that we just read. Says the Nesiv, Mishum de Mishune Hatzalas Abraham Mehamalachim Mehatzalas Yaakov Milavan. The salvation that Hashem gave to Abraham from the kings was different than the salvation that Hashem gave to Yaakov to save him from, to save him from Lavan. And he uses a halachic principle here. Key. If you look in the Midrashim, did Abraham like battle the Malachim? No. He just prevented them. He like ran away. They were, they were scared. It wasn't even a battle. They were going to come and attack. And Hashem made them not attack. 
There are different types of salvations in halacha. There is preventing a danger from coming, and there is saving from a present danger. By Avraham, says the Nesiv, it was prevention from danger from coming. The kings were not there yet. The kings that were going to attack Avraham. Hashem protected them from coming. That's more of a low-level salvation needed. He doesn't have to come in and swoop out of the danger. Masha'en came to Yaakov. By Yaakov, what is the issue? Koma. Yaakov Avinu, I'm sorry, it goes to on top. I, I numbered it wrong. Go to the, go to, by Yaakov, we have to line 10. Go to the top left. Mashiach of Yaakov Avinu. Shekfar higiyu Lavan a love. Ubiyado laharelo. Lavan was already, he already lived with Lavan. Lavan wanted to hurt him. He was right there. What did Lavan say? If I would do, if your God wouldn't have spoken to me last night, I would. So Lavan was right there. Vakarish Baruch saves him. And Hashem saves him. That's the difference. That is a more, so to speak, intense salvation. And that's why Yaakov is more worried. Obviously, Hashem says, I'm still with you, you'll get schar. But that's the difference between Avraham and Yaakov. V'yem Cain. Now we read the Psukim right here. Misparisha Mikra Yafe. Al-Tira. What does Hashem say? Al-Tira, Avraham. Don't be scared. Why? Anochi Magenlach. I def- protected you. What is Magain? Magain doesn't mean took you out of the clutches of the danger. Magain means I prevented it from coming. Magain Now go back to the right side. Everything I've done for you is the Magain. And that's why it's different than what happened to Yaakov Avinu. Right, you might say, he doesn't deal with this, well, earlier in history, Avram did have this Yaakov type of Atzalah, right, the Kibshon Aish, that, that was that type of Atzalah. Okay, that's a Kasha. We're talking about the one right, right here. Okay, Hemek Dover giving us a little insight using a halachic term to the difference between Yaakov and Avraham and Pshat in the Pesukim. Moving right along. A question that is asked by many, we've dust, t- touched on this in the past, later on in the Brisbane Abbasarim by Shishi, I am Hashem that saved you, that took you out of Ur Kazdim. This is the only reference in the Torah for that amazing story. Why isn't that story mentioned in the Torah? That's one of the major questions that many Rishonim deal with. Or Kazdim, saved from the fiery furnace. Nowhere in the Torah. Alluded to right here. I saved you. I even took you out. And yet, if we think the next week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayera, the Nisoyen of the Akedah, is very specific and is very detailed. Why the difference? So it's two. Some Mishonim deal with and some Afarshim. Why isn't Urkaz dimensioned per se? The question that is asked now that we're dealing with, that a number of answers are given here in the Osros HaTorah, is comparing the two. Why is the Akedah mentioned in such detail while Urkazdim is not mentioned in such detail? So, Sarech bi yirmadu anisayinu Akedah hatarim aricha ba parsha shlema. Umeidach nisayinu Urkazdim lo dibra le'atorah rakbaderech remez. 
Right, this was not only because that it was his own life, but Remember Urkastim, he had just recognized God, he broke down his father's uh, idols, and he got thrown in. Maybe he's not so sure of himself yet. He doesn't have followers, he's not so famous, and he still stood up and said, I believe in one God. So that was pretty hard. What's the difference? Why is that mentioned and not and not here? Says Yevichesko Levinstein that he quotes here. Amnam davar gadolhu Going to Urkazdim, yes, that was great. But that wasn't because it was commanded by God. He recognized God and therefore he thought that this is what needs to be done. But he wasn't commanded. Avinu recognized God. He realized there must be a Baal Habira. There must be someone in charge. And then when he said, when he's told, do you believe in that one God? If you do, I'm throwing you into the fire. That was going with what he believed. It was hard, but it was going with his Seichel. His Seichel told him he has to believe in God. Nimrod said, you can't believe in God. So giving his life was going with his intellect. Akedas Yitzchak was just the opposite. Masha'en came by Akedas Yitzchak. Shalohaya bahavana sikhlis klal. Akedas Yitzchak, it was against everything he believed in. It was against everything he stood for. Animal sacrifice. That's what he fought against his entire life. Adaraba, haya negara seichel. And Avram didn't make a peep. And Avram went straight and did it. And the Torah writes it in depth. Because the greatest reflection of Abdus in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not when we do it because we understand it. And we appreciate it intellectually. But when we do it because it's what Hashem says. Obviously we try to understand as much as we can. Tami HaMitzvos. But ultimately that's a greater... That's a greater Nisayim. One answer, one answer given. Another answer given from the Panim Yafis, the Hafla, which maybe was one was thinking when we started off this answer. When you have to do something, it's harder. Right? When, you, when you're volunteering, you know, often it's easy, it's exciting. I don't know. Tosa says, you know, there's a greater Yetzirah. To fight me when I don't have to do it. So, God bless But there's another point that's mentioned by the Shlach Kadosh. The Shlach writes in the bottom, Shlach Kadosh, line 21, la Adam Lerdofacher Mitzvos Mesiris Nefesh Al Kiddush Hashem. We usually look for situations of mitzvos. We've spoken about that often. Right? Rav Moshe Feinstein talks about that in next week's parsha. Parsha's Vayera. Avram Avinu was in pain that he couldn't, that there were no guests. And Rav Moshe points out, why was he in pain? He was more in pain that he couldn't have guests than he was in pain from his operation, from his surgery. Ask Rav Moshe, I don't understand. It wasn't like there were guests that he couldn't bring into his house. There were no guests. So why was he so upset? The situation for the mitzvah was not there, was not present. So what was he so upset for? 
says Reb Moshe, because you know what Avram teaches us? It's not just about fulfilling the mitzvah that presents itself. It's about having a desire to have the situation of the mitzvah in front of me. And to desire the mitzvah itself. So, generally, we yearn for situations of mitzvahs. That is what our attitude is. But says the Shlach Kaddish, there's one mitzvah that we should not yearn for. And that's to be Moser Nefesh HaKiddush Hashem. We shouldn't look for that. Ah, you might be thinking of Akiva. He says, no, no. Remember Rabbi Akiva's Lashem. Masai Yavo Liyadi Va'akaymenu. When will that situation come to me? I'm not going to run after it. If it comes to me, I'll be excited to fulfill it. But not that we look for that. So says the Shlach others, the Torah didn't want to highlight or cause them. Because even though that's something that Jews have done, Rahmanul Islam, throughout the ages, and we've been forced to do it, but we don't look for situations like that. We don't look for situations of the Sirius Nefesh, literally, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Last lines. Shalah HaRasha, Asim Sirius Nefesh. He did it. He had to. We shouldn't try to start up with the nations of the world on purpose in order to be able to do the mitzvah to die HaKadosh Hashem. That's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And that's why the Torah de-emphasizes the chait of the, the chait, the, uh, the Nisayan of Orkazdim. Okay, two more thoughts. Two more thoughts for the evening. Says the Gemara in Brachas, Davzayin, based on a Pasuk later on in the Parsha, Perak Tezvav, now we're getting to the last Perak, Pasuk Ches. Perak Tezvav, Pasuk Ches. Bayomar, Hashem, Avram Avinu says, Hashem alokim ba'ma'ida ki yirashana, bayomar li, and he continues. Says the Gemara. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Mishim Hashem HaYechai. Miyom Shabar Kadosh Baruch HaOlam. From the day that Hashem created the world. Source number seven. Lohaya Adam Shekra'ola Kadosh Baruch Hu Adon. There was no one that called Hashem Adon. That name, that appellation, that name of God. Ad Sheba Avraham Bakaro Adon. Until Avram Avinu called Hashem Adon, no one before him did. Noach didn't, Adam didn't, Mesushalach didn't, Hanoch didn't, Lemech didn't. Right? Nobody. Nobody. Shenemar, our parasha, Vayomer, Hashem Elokim, Bama'edaki Yerashenah. But that first line, Lashon, is my master. Fine. First one. Amarav. Av Daniel, lo Avraham. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, he was saved Bishus Avraham. But which element of Bishus Avraham? Shenamar. Viata Shmalokino Tilas Avdacha. We say this in Davening. Hashem. He's talking to Hashem. For your sake, save me. What's Daniel saying? Please save me, Bishus Avraham, that called you Adon, that called you Master. And the question is, Avraham Avinu had many unique elements to his spiritual personality. Why is it this element that Daniel was trying to latch onto? Hashem, save me, Bishus Avraham, that called you Adon. Why didn't he say, save me, Bishchus Avram that did the Akedah? Why didn't he say, Bishchus, save me, Bishchus Avram that... Why Dafka Adon? What does the name Adon reflect? What did, what, is, what did Abraham mean by that? And what's the message? Says 
Rebelio Akiva Rabinovitz, he's quoted here in the Kamosi Shalal Rav. In source 8, there are a couple of answers there in the Kamosi Shalal Rav. Here's one of them. Everybody up to Avram Avinu, they also believed in Ashkacha Pradis. Everybody believed. But there's a difference between believing and believing. They understood that Hashem's going to work it out. But they didn't feel it. They didn't see it. It wasn't as if it happened. They trusted that it was going to happen. But it wasn't that they defined their reality based on what Hashem told them. Right, it was even left them open. Right, Noah, Mikani Amana, what does that mean? Maybe just in terms of relatives' terms. But Avram Avinu, you know why Avram was saved from the Kipshan Ha'esh? Because he recognized Hashem is the Adon. He knew Hashem is in charge of every prat of nature, of creation. And therefore, why should fire burn me? Just like fire could burn me, fire doesn't have to burn me. Hashem is the Adon. And I know it. I just don't believe it. I know it. Avram Avinu says, that's Adon. Fire's not going to touch me. He sees the reality of Hashem in charge of everything. And therefore, the reality is changed based on his belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because that's the unbelievable depth of Avram's emuna. It's not, you can't even really call it emuna, because emuna is what we have. Emuna is, we believe that, but we don't see it. He had re'iyah. Emuna is usually related to shmia, but he had re'iyah. He saw it. Suggest the Kamoti Shalarav, and that's why Daniel wanted to latch on to that element, because he's facing lions. And he needs that Adon quality. He needs to believe that lions aren't going to hurt me. Hashem doesn't want it. Not that I trust and I hope, but he sees it. And that's why he latched on. And that's the level of Avram Avinu, the Amuna that Avram Avinu had, the depth of his, the depth of his being. Just a one-liner. If you want to remember anything from the Shia, there's a good one-liner to, to take home. He says, the, 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 it's also quoted there a story that somebody once came to the Grah with a commentary on Siddur. It's got a Haskama from the Grog. Well, the Haskama, you know. The Grog gives you a Haskama for your Sefer. You know, that's a pretty good uh, selling point. So the Grog takes it, he looks at it, and he opens up to the first page. And he sees the first page, it says, Why do we say Adon Olam in the morning by Shachris? Because Avram was masaking Shachris, and Avram Avinu was the first one to call Hashem Adon. The Grog said, if the Sefer was written just for that Vart, it would have been enough to publish the Sefer. And gave him Askam. I don't need to look at the rest of the Sefer. Just that part. We say Adon Olam by the seal of Avram Avinu. Right? That's where Chazal incorporated it. Okay. Last thought. Says Rav Moshe. Yud Zayin Chavav. All the way at the end of the Parsha. All the way at the end of the Parsha, we have the, the, the Nisayon. This is also counted as a Nisayon by most of Brismila. Avram Avinu getting Brismila when he is 99 years old. It's also one of the Nisayonos. Okay. But, Astra of Moshe, most of the Nisyonos, source number 10, most of the Nisyonos, we can't even fathom. We can't fathom 
the Akedah. We can't fathom God telling us to go somewhere, leave everything, and then there's a famine and we have to leave again. That's very hard to fathom. Kibshon Ha'esh is hard to fathom. Bris Milah. There have been many Jews that do Bris Milah throughout the ages, even though it's hard. So why, how is that a, how can we look at that? How can we appreciate that Nisayon a little more from Avram Avinu's point of view? One could say, okay, maybe, well, we only got that, Mesir Stavish was a him. You might say that. He did it, and now we could do it because he implanted it into our DNA. One. Or you could say it was his age. He was 99 years old. That's what made it a Nisayon. But Ramosha has another idea, which Derech Agav gives us an insight to the difference between the Jewish religion and all other religions. Says Ramosha, Shehu line nine, Shaloku Mosa Olam, Shagadolam ben Munasam, Yishlem in Hagim Achir, Mipshute Am. In other religions, says Ramosha, the clergy have different rules than the nation. Right? We could just think about it. Think about various other religions. The clergy has a lot of other rules that the nation doesn't have. You know what that sets up? That sets up a danger. It sets up a danger that people look at the clergy and said, I can't be like them. They're over there and I'm over here. It doesn't work. There's a disconnect. They can't marry. They can't talk too much. They shave it. Whatever it is. Yadah Judaism, the greatest rabbi in the world, the greatest God of Adar, has the same 613 as the Pashat, the Pashat Jew, the Pashat Yid. There's no difference. And that's why we could be Mashpia. That's why we could, the greats, could be Mashpia on all of us because we can relate to them. Says Rav Moshe, you know what Brismila was going to do for Abraham? It was going to make him different. For the his whole life, He's been spreading monotheism to all the people of the world. All of a sudden, Hashem says, do something to your flesh. You are going to be different. Avram Avinu is now thinking, if I'm different, I can't do my job. If I'm different, I can't be mashpia. I can't do what I know. I, I'm going to lose my whole strategy. That was the Nisayan. And Hashem promised, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And even with your difference, you'll be able to be mashpia. But that is the difference. That is the, the Nisayon when it comes to Avram Avinu, says Ramosha. But for our purposes, what we can glean out of that thought is that every Jew has the same rules. Nobody is higher than thou. We don't have that attitude. The greatest rabbi, the greatest non-rabbi. All the same rules, and that's what makes Yahad so unbelievable. Because we all have our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like the Gemara says at the end of Tainus, right, Lavo, when we're all going to be outside, the circle, Hashem's going to be in the middle, we're all going to say, Hashem Kivinulo. Because the points of the circle are equidistant. And when we see that, and we feel that, when we appreciate that we each have a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that itself is the most inspiration, and our leaders can be the greatest leaders for us knowing that they're in the same world that we are. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we will continue next time with Parshas Vayera.